Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Women, and we are speaking today with Maritza Diaz. She is the Chief Executive Officer and Founder of ITWANA, which is a technology firm serving the digital technical needs of companies um, in California. Now, Maritza comes from a long history, over 25 years of experience in IT and software engineering. She's worked at Fortune 500 companies like Thermo, Fisher Scientific, where she was responsible for growing the company's digital capabilities in North America, India, and Mexico. She is a thought leader in the field of cross-border collaboration in the software industry between San Diego and Baja, California. She's the member of the boards of several organizations and recently elected to Forbes Technology Council. And Maritza, I'm really excited to be talking to you today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Okay, well, great. Well, listen, thank you for being on Inspiring Women. And I'm, I'm really excited about having this conversation. Now, you have a technical career, a global background. You started as a software engineer um, from Ecuador. And you came to the United States, I understand, on a one-year assignment. You've been here for over 20 years. You've now founded and formed this IT company, ITWANA. So really, really terrific background. And I'd just like to maybe start with, um, what are you doing right now? Absolutely. Yeah. So I can tell you, I am very fortunate to be doing what I love to do, which is essentially impacting people's lives by generating jobs for people in Latin America. Uh, But these jobs are not just any job. They are very impactful jobs that are not only very professional and well-paid, but also they're solving very difficult problems of the future. COVID uh, taught us that companies need to be digital ready now in order to survive. And some of these problems are very difficult and some of them we don't even know the answers yet of what is going to be in a few years from now. So I'm very excited to be able to generate these jobs for people in Latin America and at the same time contributing to make this uh, region that you mentioned, San Diego and Calibaja, uh, I wanna make it a mega region. Uh, we are geographically uniquely positioned to really become the new and most powerful biomed tech hub of the world. Well, generating jobs and job growth is obviously a huge important thing for um, just growing the economy and providing opportunity for so many people. As a woman, as a woman who grew up in Ecuador and got your degree there, is software engineering a usual thing for women to to go into? I mean, it certainly isn't. There are not a lot of women in STEM or not enough, Um, but was it unusual for you when you started out? Absolutely. Imagine this is more than 25 plus years ago. Yeah, It was very unusual, not only because of the, the career itself, but um, the cost of education is not very accessible. It's a male dominated industry as well as culturally. 
Um, so it wasn't it wasn't an easy or a, a logical choice for me to go into this career. So how did you make it? Why did you take that leap? You know, one thing that I learned is that my parents uh, very early told me, you know, Maritza, you do not have a choice. <laughs> you have to go to college. And they didn't necessarily ask me to go to computer science. They just wanted me to go to college. Um, I come from a first generation that graduated from college. And for my parents, it was very important that I, I get my education because they knew that was the biggest gift they could ever give me. And, and, and it turned out that way. And then you later on, after all of your engineering background and having um, some jobs, you also went on to get your MBA. So why was the business side of things beyond technology also important to you? When I coded for so many years, I loved it, right? I, and it was me and the computer. But as I did it more and more, I realized that I needed to know more about the business. I needed to know more about the why or what I was trying to solve. And by me sitting behind the computer, I wasn't going to get that. So I felt that need to go and explore and learn more about the business and really the, the true uh, problems in the industries so that I can bring even better solutions. And Marisa, just in terms of you know being pushed by your parents to go to college, so, so how did technology become a thing that was so important to you? I mean, I have to imagine there were not a lot of role models for you or other women um, that you were sort of uh, working with were pulling you into it. How did how did that become a thing of such interest and obviously success for you? You know, it was almost I stumbled by accident into the computer science. Um, the day that uh, I needed to go out and, and pay the subscription for the college, they asked me, so what career? And I just choose, chose a computer science. So I didn't really know in advance, but I knew I needed to take uh, this class. I love math. And that was one of the careers that was kind of uh, in, um, intriguing to me. There are no women, but back in the day, I can honestly tell you there are no women that were that they could be a role model for me. It was just uh, life. Uh, it just happened. I, cho I chose the right thing at the right moment. But throughout my life, I will say my mother, for sure, has been my inspiration, not because of technology, but more about hardworking and, and do whatever it takes to, to accomplish your dreams. Well, and you know that confidence that you have, because obviously in, in, in following your dreams, you've had some success with that. So, you know, I don't want to I don't want to uh, put challenges out there that weren't there. But did you find being one of few women in the area of technology a challenge, or did that was that helpful to you to be one of few in pursuing your career? I won't lie, it was a challenge, especially for a girl that was very shy. When I started my first year, I was, we were only two women in class. And in fact, when I graduated, I was the only one. So it is not easy to be in this environment with all of these male uh, friends and you're the only one. But, you know, I never think about that as something that's pulling you back. I try not to think about it. I try not to think I'm a woman. I'm trying to just think that I am a student. I'm a professional, just like everybody else in this, in this group. And I just need to do my best. 
Well, and then you've taken it to next level so that, you know, when you were at Thermo Fisher, you were leading a team and you were doing business development across uh, different countries for technology jobs before you then started ITWANA. So how did you make that leap and where did you get the courage or the idea from to start your own company? Thermo Fisher was a fantastic company, gave me an awesome opportunity to really explore what it is to scale software engineering at a level that uh, we grew from two to 1,000 in just four years. And wow. it was global, right? I, we did it in the US, in India, and the last one was Mexico. Through that experience, I learned a ton about what it really is to build teams at scale and that are high performing. Now, the inspiration for quote unquote leaving uh, and, and doing, pursuing my, my, my dreams when the company asked me to open a center of software in Mexico. And the unlogical choice was Tijuana. Before 2014, I have never been to Tijuana, but I only heard the perception. And by, by far, it was not a tech hub perception. So we took this trip. Uh, it was a day trip. Uh, the company is 40 minutes from the border. And so it was very unique to be able to be in two countries in the same day and come back for dinner. We ran an experiment about hiring 30 engineers there and it went great. And I love that. I love that because I, was, I found a new passion of generating these jobs for people who really need it, but also very high quality talent. And I figured this is an awesome opportunity. More companies like Thermo Fisher should be doing this, but they didn't. In five years that I did this for Thermo Fisher, companies will come and visit us and ask lots of questions and seem very intrigued, but they actually never did it. And that's the gap I, I wanted to fill. I wanted to really bring thousands of companies to leverage the same talent and the same opportunity than Thermo Fisher did. At the same time, it's still, it's a big leap to do it from the, you know, I'll just say the luxury of a big brand, like a Fortune 500 company uh, to go to striking out on your own. So did, was that, did that take a lot of courage? Was it a natural progression for you? I mean, how did you, how did you gain that, that um, uh, courage to take that big leap? It was very difficult. And I must, I must <laughs> tell you this, I was back when, back when I was at Thermal Fisher, I was the breadwinner of the, of the household. I have a family, two kids, a husband, a mortgage to pay. And so you can imagine the conversation with my husband wasn't easy. He was like, why would you want to leave this job that is stable and, and provides? And to me was, I need to do this. I know it's great. And I, I, I was at the point in my career that, that I want to pursue legacy. I wanted my kids to remember me by something meaningful. And I wanted to be able to tell them uh, to my kids, hey, mommy, mommy is touching people's lives. Mommy is helping uh, others to uh, get a new job that is, is very impactful as well. And I love it. I never look back. I think that was the best decision that I could have ever made. And my husband is a full supporter. And now we work together. He, he is part of the business. So we're super, super excited. 
That's wonderful. And I've heard in some of your discussions and interviews that you, some of the accomplishments with ITWANA already, you're very proud of already creating 100 jobs. I don't know if that was this year or the end of last year, and you're working on creating the next 100 jobs. So, so economic growth um, is a great thing to be proud of. How are the job creation? Where is it coming from? What, what are the most exciting fields that you're focused on? Absolutely. So in fact, the 100 jobs was in the first year, 2018. Today, we are 400. You know, I thought I would do one, 100 more and we ended up doing 300 more. It's been fantastic. Now, the growth is coming from uh, mainly three industries. San Diego is very well known for their biotech, their meth tech, and technology. And those are the three industries that we are focusing on. And because the large hub of innovation in San Diego with biotech, medtech, and technology, and the talent available on the other side of the border, I created this term called biomedtech hub. I believe this region should be the most prosperous in the world in those three, the biomedtech in industries. And what are you seeing in terms of the talent pool? So that's a lot of jobs to be creating. And, you know, how many of these jobs are for women? Where are you finding women, you know, in terms of where their interest is in tech? And how do you also create that interest so that other women like yourself, you know, can follow in, in your footsteps? My secret uh, goal behind all of this hiring is to bring more women. I want to achieve 50% uh, ratio. We are today at 22 so still a lot more work to do. Nevertheless, we do hire a lot of women. So where and how I find them, you know, is it hasn't changed much since I graduated, meaning there's still very few women going into these careers. So what I do is I give them the opportunity early on. When they're in their first few years or they're still in high school, we sponsor several programs with UCSD and local universities. In fact, this year alone, we have 60 students in our internship program, and most women come from those programs. And then I work with my customers because I, I also want them to be my partners in this. And, and I talk to them about the importance of diversity and bringing women, and they, I'm fortunate that they're very flexible as well to give the chance to, to young women that perhaps are not uh, yet there uh, with the skill, but they know they have the potential. And so we've been able to attract and hire uh, more women through early stages in, in high school and college. I think 22% is actually a pretty good percentage, you know, just in terms of um, the numbers. And that's fantastic to hear that your goal is 50%. Um, I like the feeder programs as well. How receptive are your customers in terms of just hiring that diversity as you bring them the resources from Ituana? I work with them. I think the secret with them, they're very perceptive after some time. I think the key is gain their trust. So once they see the potential, once they see the deliveries of the teams, they're a lot more open to working with me and take a little bit of risk. So once, uh, let's say we have released one or two iterations of their product, they see how it works, they're, they're trusting us, then they are open to bring in early talent, young talent. and they never disappointed. The, of the 60 students, my expectation is that we will extend full-time offers to all of them. And so far we are in a really good track to accomplish that. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Maritza, for you as a leader, as a CEO in, um, in that kind of role, do you perceive or do you find challenges with just being the female leader at the table when you're either conducting business or um, working with other companies? Or has that not been a challenge for you? I'm just curious, um, because just when you talk, it's, you're speaking with such confidence and, and achieving many things. It doesn't, I'm not hearing that there have been challenges there, but what's your reality? You know, the reality is that there are challenges out there, uh, and it varies depending on the country, depending on the industry, depending on the groups. However, I chose to ignore that. I know it's there because I see it, I feel it, but I chose to ignore it. Again, I don't want to be seen as a women CEO. I want to be seen as the CEO as the expert in building software centers of excellence. And by showing what I'm capable of doing, showing results, nobody can take that away from me. And that I think that's my that's where my my confidence comes from and my ability to kind of block those those uh, uh, bad energies, if you will. And I just don't think about it, don't see it. Uh, I, I choose to ignore it. Well, that's a, an amazing skill in and of itself to be able to do that. And also, I think, fantastic advice for people who are uh, listening here. It also seems, Marisa, that you're always striving for something next and something more. You serve on boards. You were just recently uh, named to the Forbes Technology Council. Where's that passion for learning and doing more when it already seems like you're pretty busy? Where's that coming from? It's Always uh, for me, it's about my family and inspiring my girls. I want them to be very proud of uh, mommy. And the more I can do, the more I can bring my expertise, my experience uh, and get involved in in the networks and in the society, the better. Um, As a computer science engineer, one thing that we learn in this career is that we have to be open to learn very often. Technology changes every few months. And so people who don't have that learning agility in this in this career won't make it. Uh, and and I, I do have that. I do love learn. I believe we learn something new every day. And yeah, it, it has always been part of uh, who I am. Well, I bet it's something that your girls are probably very proud of. Marisa, this has been a very interesting conversation. I really appreciate you having it um, here on Inspiring Women. As we close out today, what are your words of advice for others who might also aspire to achieve CEO levels or build their own companies? What, what advice would you give other women who are listening? I would say to them, focus on doing a fantastic job, show results, and once you do that, you will gain trust. You will be able to influence others. And don't ever let perceptions uh, take you back. Filter that out. That's noise that is not helpful. So just think of you as a professional. They can achieve, they can deliver, and they can be trusted. If you do that, there's nothing really that's going to get on your way. I think that those are great words of wisdom, and they certainly sound like ones that you are living by. This has been an inspiring women conversation with Maritza Diaz. And Maritza, thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Lori. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. 
We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.